Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Welcome back. This is Anna. And I am joined here with my lovely husband, Bobby. Say hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. And Bobby is a Gemini sun, Capricorn moon, and Capricorn rising. That's how I introduce myself to people in line at the grocery store. Yes, he's very into this. Mm Mm-hmm. Just kidding. But we have a really fun episode where we talk all about his recovery and remission from Crohn's disease. And And current struggle. And current struggle because it's a lifelong struggle. Chronic illness. Dealing with chronic illness. Living with chronic illness. Managing chronic illness. Um, but it's a really fun episode, <laughs> even though it sounds sad, and it's at not times sad. it was sad. Well, I mean, I made it through it, so. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, I'm not a ghost doing this. Yeah, that's true. So we're very thankful for his help. And we just talk about that, and if you're wondering when we start talking about diets, and I say... He can't eat any cheese pizza. It's because he can't eat cheese. And he was eating, like, all of this cheese. And it was totally fucking up his stomach. Not that I have anything else against pizza. And high five to anybody out there who has to ask every time you order something. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there is there any cheese in that? Yes, butter is dairy. Yeah, that we would consider that dairy yeah there's dairy in everything man it's hard when you have to live with a dairy or any kind of food allergies are really hard so we talk about that and we talk about cannabis and how he healed his intestines with cannabis so that's a really neat story and so let's talk about how we met so we got set up on a blind date of course oh my god blind love radio and we got set up on a blind date Mm -hmm. all the blind things are amazing so we got set up by this girl that i met in hair school and she was just like hey i know this guy he'd be great for you and i was like cool she was like, you, you, he smokes weed, you smoke weed, and it's true. We ended up getting along great, so I went over to his house. I was so lucky that he did not chop me up and barbecue me, looking back on it. Um, but It was real classy, too. <laughs> she showed up at my house, and I said, all right, well, how about we make burgers for dinner? Because, you know, I don't really want to go anywhere to eat. <laughs> Because he's a Capricorn. He wants to stay at home. 
plus the whole eating out thing and yeah, I wasn't true. doing well back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Crohn's was flared up. But I fucking love this man. I saw him and I instantly like felt this familiarity. Like I just knew him from a past life or something. I don't fucking know. I was like, we're hanging out every fucking day from now on. So we just hit it off. And then he texted me the next day and he was like, hey, you wanna hang out again? And I was like, fuck yeah. So then it became Anna and Bob. Katie Patates. And woohoo, weird enough, the person I'm named after, my great grandfather, uh, his name was Robert. My name was Robert. He worked in the automotive industry. I worked in the automotive industry, or I do, I currently do. And his wife's name was Anna also. Anna Rosen. So that's even weird. That is weird. That's super weird. So, yeah, we were lucky enough to find each other. And this is a story of some challenges that we've grown through together. I was so, I feel so lucky that I met you where I was able to support you. Mm. And you did that. Okay, well, enjoy. See you on the other side. Welcome to Blind Love Radio, featuring your host, Anna Rosen, and today, Bobalicious, a.k.a. Bobby Rosen, a.k.a. Big Bud Bob, a.k.a. Little Booty Bobby, a.k.a. I'm just kidding. Introduce yourself, Bobberini. Alright, so if this ever does go out there, I'll let you know there's a lot of edited um, AKAs that came in before. Hi, my name is Bob, Anna's husband. Tell us about yourself. What do you like to do? (laughs) It's fine, just keep going. We're closing the window, (laughs) even though this is going out as a podcast. One could never be too careful. It goes back to my pre-internet days and the fear of the police arresting you for smoking weed. Hmm. Tell us more. Well, back before legalization, which I'm sure will be, uh, thing by the time this podcast goes out. This is 2018, just in case it takes Anna a while to edit and put it up. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your cannabis use and why do you use cannabis? I use cannabis because it's fun and I'm pretty sure it's the thing that's keeping me alive. To Tell treat my more. Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease? What's that? Uh, doctors will tell you it's an autoimmune disorder, but I disagree. 
because autoimmune disorder would mean that it's doing it on its own. And I don't think that your body is attacking on its own. I think there's something that is provoking your immune system into attacking your body because there's not something else there. But say your, uh, your immune system's trigger would be stress or sugar like mine. If I have, say, a normal person's dessert, like, I don't know, <laughs> vegan low sugar cake or vegan ice cream, which other people would laugh at, I would eat that and in two days my stomach would be inflamed and I would be grumpy as hell. All from just that. It's true, folks. <laughs> I bear witness. So I, it's not autoimmune because it's the sugar. You just have to find... I mean, I'm no doctor. I'm just an auto mechanic. So what the fuck do I know? Other than paying attention to my body and smoking a lot of weed and sitting alone staring at myself in the dark going, what the fuck's wrong with this thing? And why don't you just work right? So... Let's take all of our listeners back. Back when Bobby was eating whatever you wanted. <laughs> Cheese pizzas, Jerry's chicken fried subs. I mean, that's not even the worst. Drinking alcohol. I, mean, I, used, I used to think that vitamin water and Mountain Dew were better than water because it was water plus other stuff. A soda with every meal. Oh, you needed to have a tasty beverage. And how were you feeling then? I mean, I thought I was fine, but I didn't know what fine was. I was very angry. Because <laughs> you were in pain, right? I was right? in pain. I never understood why it looked like I had a gut, even though I was very skinny everywhere else. Because my stomach was very inflamed, very mm-hmm. upset. And the only option really was... To go on pharmaceuticals like Humira that you could never get off. Oh, yeah. Well, I had treated my current so poorly by just eating shitty food and ignoring it for so long. So I was like, ah, it just hurts a little bit. I mean, it hurt a lot. But if you know the pain's going to stop, you're like, all right, it's cool. We can just go through this pain for a little bit. And then in a day or so, it'd be fine. But you just smoke some weed and it helps with the pain. But I didn't know that that was treating it. Because this was like pre-medicinal era. This was like the 90s and the 2000s. So Mm -hmm. there was no like like Crohn's and uh, cannabis reports out there on the internet. It was just like, I think this makes me feel better. And at the worst, it just makes me hungry. And you still felt guilty for using it. Oh, yeah. And the other trigger is anxiety. Right. So you'd smoke weed and be like, oh my God, my parents are going to disown me. The cops are going to get me. I'm going to get kicked out of my school or get kicked out of my job. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I like this thing. Right. And it's helping me function. Yeah. But little did I know why. It was just something intuitive that was like, dude, just smoke weed. You feel better. Right. But it also made you like a little bit more reclusive to other people because you had to hide that part from them. 
So what was really the turning point that got you into the doctors to even start treating your Crohn's after a very prolonged period of neglecting your health? Um, my intestines connecting themselves to my bladder and uh, things that weren't supposed to come out of the urinary tract coming out of the urinary tract. And we can all use our imagination about how horrible that sounds. Mm-hmm. It was pretty painful. So what ended up happening? Take us through it. Um, I found him lying in our bedroom. He calls me up. I was living at my parents' house then. And he was like, Anna, I think, I think I'm ready to go to, go to the hospital. <laughs> Did you have insurance then? No. no. That was the first time. That was the first time. First, we didn't have, he didn't have insurance because like, couldn't get he, he couldn't get it. This was pre-Obama. Yeah. So, yeah, I even forgot I about that. I applied for insurance. Wow, yeah. Insurance companies wouldn't give me insurance. The doctors were too expensive. They would just be like, you need insurance for this job, man. Man, that was a hopeless time. And I worked for a small, well, still work for a small business owner that didn't offer it. Right. So we were just kind of winging it. Yeah. And eventually he ended up, I rushed him to the hospital. I came over and he was like nearly dying. And I was like, you're either coming with me or I'm calling an ambulance. As he was just like withering on the floor. Had a really bad blockage. Yeah. So I remember you in the hospital. That was so scary. You were in the hospital for three days a week. It was like three or four days. Yeah. yeah. I think I left on the fourth day. I remember the tube down your throat. Oh, I was not happy about that tube. That thing was fucking intense. Uh, Yeah. I didn't eat anything for like four days. Like Uh, everything in there just got like pulled out. Yeah. Couldn't talk. It was painful. You couldn't sleep. So then what were you doing with your diet after? So then they put you on, did they put you on medicine? Were you taking anything? After that, no. So we were just like, I still you felt better. Yet. Right. And then you couldn't get on Humira. Yeah. Well, yeah, there just wasn't insurance yet. Right. And then my intestines connected to my bladder like two years later. And you did have insurance then. No. Thank no. I went to the doctor and they were like, holy <laughs> shit, man. Oh, you're right. And we were doing like... The, I was paying I for paying... out of it all out of pocket. Yeah. I was paying for the CT scans. Oh. I was paying for the doctor's visits, the ER visit. And they were like, hey, man, uh, holy shit, you need surgery immediately. That was in like February. And then they found out that even though the Affordable Care Act hadn't kicked in yet... Uh, Maryland had set up an emergency fund that was in place that if you needed emergency insurance, it was like collective fund for like people in the state that couldn't get regular insurance. Like, because they knew that the Affordable Care Act was like going to come into place. They just could get theirs up sooner. I think that's what it was. Pretty sure. But anyways, it cost a whole bunch, but that was fine. You know, I was happy to pay it because that was the only way I could get it done. But that was seven months of 
excruciating pain. Yeah, because we had to wait for them to approve it. We had to wait for it to kick in. We had to wait for it to be approved. The paperwork took months just to go through. Uh, couldn't take painkillers. Didn't want to take painkillers. Uh, taking thousands of milligrams of antibiotics every day. Yeah, Cipro. Cipro and Flagyl. Because, like, anything that would get in there would just be terrible. Yeah, because if it... If you got it was nice sort of that infection. it was going directly into the intest, into the bladder and then out, rather than just into some other place and sitting. So that was good that that happened. Uh, but that was a very painful seven months. Pardon while we light our split. And then we had surgery, and then I had surgery. And they had a one foot of, I had, it was an ileectomy. Yeah, what foot exactly in, did you have? Had a foot of intestines removed. That was so scary. And my, um, what else, what was the other thing they removed? Your my gall. appendix. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say your gallbladder. He was like, ah, I moved it because I was in there. I was a little annoyed by that, but whatever. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You guys saved my life. Great doctor. Great doctor. Love him. Yeah. So okay, that's the thing. so after that, you were feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good. You started to get on, like, a diet that... I started eating a, like, we had cut out We had sugar. cut out sugar. We decided that sugar was just something bad. Because I just, for just some reason, decided, all right, now I think I should start learning about this disease. So I just started learning about the immune system. And by learning about it, just mean I, like, listen to podcasts or watch, like, a video here or there. I didn't read anything. I don't like reading. Oh, that's not true. I'll read like a study here and there, but I don't like reading like a big book. It's better to hear someone talk about it who knows what they're talking about. He's a Gemini too, so auditory makes sense. Yeah. P.S. So I learned a lot about the immune system that I should have been learning a long time ago, but I was just in denial. I didn't really understand how bad it was. Yeah. My dad was telling me my whole life, this will kill you. And I was like, ah, I'll be fine. It's just pain, man. I just, I won't eat so many cheese sandwiches when I get older. Oh, yeah. So lactose, too. So lactose is the big one. Basically anything. That's high like carb, absolutely no. Yeah. Like on yeah. the no list. If it's a carb, it has to be like a. Good. Like a wholesome, yeah. handmade. It just has to be real food. Just, right. Yeah. Not, no pasta. So, no what else happened? So, we were experimenting with that, and then we took a trip to Colorado. Oh, yeah. So, let's talk about that. So, when was that? First, right when 2014. Colorado... Yeah, right when they legalized their first... When they legalized... Recreational we, dispensary. Yeah. So, we went out there. So I called DC. Anna up, and I said, all right, let's go on a trip. I think we were living together by then. Yeah. But I think I was at work and decided it. Wow. I had listened to it like this. on a podcast. And I was like, because I don't know, around December, January, I start getting like antsy at work because it's like all dark and cold and I'm tired of being there. It's slow. So we took a trip out there for 420 because we knew they'd have lots of activities. Yes, because I'm paranoid and I like to be in a big group because yep. 
I've always, I have been arrested for having some weed in my car, and that sucked. That's when I had to take pee tests for the state, and life was shitty for like six months, because I couldn't smoke weed, and all I did was drink, and got addicted to like Xanax that the doctor prescribed me, and Paxil, because all I wanted to do was sleep, but you can't sleep if you're like used to like sleeping with weed, because that's the thing that just helps your body be right. But I didn't know anything about the endocannabinoid system. I didn't know that it was a thing. I was just had that guilt of smoking weed. So I was like, all right, I'm just a bad fucking person. Let me try pills. Well, pills fucking sucked. Got addicted to them. Xanax will ruin your fucking life. Paxil makes your dick not work right. Uh, it's not a pretty picture. And it wasn't for you. No. And if it works for other people, that's fine. We're not saying... Sorry, yeah. Yeah, like, I take some medication for OCD. Like, everybody's different. And I didn't for a long time, and then I had to get back on it, and... I'm like, just mad because the state made me do it. Right. If Where someone you decide, have, like, another option. If you decide that you want to do it as something you want to try, then absolutely. Yeah. But it's because I was forced to quit smoking weed when I didn't want to. And look, like, a couple years, what is it, 11 years later, uh, I now can go to the store and buy it legally, which I'm happy I can do, but it's fucking annoying, but don't get me wrong, there's people in jail for smoking weed, so. Yeah. We're grateful. Yeah, so thank you. Okay, so, we went, (laughs) we went to, we went to Colorado. Colorado. And I decided to have an edible, and Bobby was scared to try the edibles because we didn't know, like, what it would do to his stomach. Well, no, it was my liver. I was taking medic. I was still on antibiotics. Were you taking, like, mecaptopurian, too? I think so. Which was, I think I was taking something. It was either an antibiotic or something like mecaptopurian, something low-dose to treat the Crohn's after the surgery. Because I think I had had the surgery... Like, a couple months earlier. Like, six or eight months earlier. That makes sense. Yeah. So, we were, I was still on something, and that was fucking my liver up, because I still had to get liver tests. And I knew that cannabis goes through the liver, and there wasn't much that I had known about it or read about it. So, I was afraid that it would hurt my liver. So, um, I didn't want to try any. But on like the second to last day and I had a gummy and I was like, mm, it's like 10 milligrams. Let me give it a shot. So I just ate the gummy and we were walking around and it was pretty weird because all of this, I still remember it. Like it happened like not yesterday anymore because it was a couple years ago, but like last week <laughs> we were just like walking down the street and I just grabbed Anna and I stopped and I was like, wait a second, this is weird. And she's like, what? Because she's like, I think we were looking for something to eat. She's like, what? I'm looking for something to eat. Like, what are you talking about? What's weird? You're just high. Like, yeah, I get it for the thousands time. This is weird. We can go to the store and buy weed. But I was like, no, nah, it's weird. Like, it doesn't hurt, like, here. And she's like, that's good. I, right on. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, it doesn't hurt. It always hurts here. Like, every day, all day, it just hurts. Like, even after the surgery. And she was like, wow, that's awesome. But it was, like, changing. So, that was cool. So, when we came back, we just looked into, like, what edible cannabis does to your body. 
and he's a Gemini, so he did like a million trillion hours of research. Because I didn't want to hurt it anymore, because I was pretty scared, because it was pretty, like, that wasn't, that wasn't a good outcome if, like, that was an emergency surgery. Yeah, that was super scary. And the doctors were very nervous that you would have to have another surgery. They were telling us, like, expect to have another surgery. They were like, yeah, once you have one surgery, you're going to continue to have flare-ups. It's going to just be bad. This is, like, forever thing. And I was like, fuck, okay, this is going (laughs) to suck. Yeah, we were really nervous. So I just re- I just kept reading things. I printed. I would just. I spent a lot of time at work just googling things in between working on cars, and the more I looked, it's actually a lot of information on NIH's website about cannabis and Crohn's, and there's a lot of the words I didn't understand, so I had to Google a lot, and there's a lot of guessing and a lot of skipping over words and a lot of just going to the end and reading the conclusion and the abstracts. But I got to the point where it just seemed like cannabis was an anti-inflammatory and Crohn's is a purely inflammatory thing in the intestines specifically. So if you can eat cannabis, it'll get to the part that's hurting a lot easier and it'll stay in there a lot longer. It's basically just like putting Neosporin right on the wound rather than putting it like near it and hoping it like gets into your bloodstream and works its way over to the wound which is what i was doing when i was taking bong rips like we had gotten it to like using the volcano to get it was a band-aid yeah i mean it would help with like the pain at that moment it's like oh my god it hurts here let me get some in me here but i mean even when it hurt the most like i couldn't vape it away it just was never enough so then i just started making my own cannabis oil with coconut oil in a crock pot and I did that for a number of years and I remember after like six months of doing that I went for a colonoscopy and the doctor was like he looked confused after the colonoscopy and I was like holy shit it's not good (laughs) and I was like what's the matter and he's like well it's I mean yeah there's nothing there and I was like so I'm sorry what now and he's like I mean so there's nothing there. And I was like, so the word you're looking for is remission? And he was like, I mean, yeah, but it could just be because... And I was like, no, 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 no. It's because of the cannabis. He's always been against cannabis. It's been very weird. I don't understand it. I think it's just because he doesn't want to like affect his medical license, which I fully get. But, I mean, just between me and him, I, like, I'm not the person to be like, I don't know, man, I don't trust Bob. I think Bob's going to, like, narc to the medical board. Bob doesn't have time to narc to the medical board. Bob has other shit he needs to do. Bob would just love a high five. But just, like, the confusion from him was annoying. And he was like, all right, no. And I was like, all right, cool, man, and gave him, like, a high five. And I, like, went and see him a couple times afterwards, and I'm due for a colonoscopy. But he told me once, I don't like to give colonoscopies to people who are in remission because a colonoscopy can trigger Crohn's. And that makes total sense if you think about it because yeah, I'm asleep and not noticing this camera going up into me, but my body's like, holy shit, man, 
what the fuck is this? And I can see the body just being like, all right, man, let me just figure this shit out. And I'm sure if I just take a whole bunch of CBD and a whole bunch of THC afterwards, I'll be able to like calm it down. But what I'm nervous about is triggering something that I can't calm down. And then being like, fuck, what did I do? Like, it's that, I mean, as a mechanic, you don't fix things that aren't broke. Right. I wish there was more testing on it. Like, I wish it was taken seriously I mean, there was something that came out recently about it. It is is a form of treatment. I just need to go to a different doctor. Yeah. But I have, like, an allegiance to this doctor because he was there for me and saved my life. But... I, I should aspect yeah the loyalty your capricorn moon so i mean i feel good every day like i have like you know a little pain here and there but i'm pretty sure that's just gas and i'm like super worried because i'm also a hypochondriac yeah i think you're doing really well i mean i don't know how do you feel like you're doing like i mean have you ever seen me in pain like no definitely not like that i mean you're in remission so i mean yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like when i i'll get like i said if i eat a little sugar i'll get a little bump there but that's just me being like holy shit what's this we have pictures yeah you get a little bit of gas i get a little bit of gas i get a little bit of paint (laughs) i get a little inflamed a little inflamed yeah i did this thing where i like practiced reflexology on his feet oh my god it's it hurts so much he has fingers of steel I don't know. I think I, I, it really helped him, like, immediately, though. Or I was just, I, I it was that time of the night that I just had to poo. I don't know. I don't know. Because now my I foot hurt. hurts. I don't know. Is there know. something in my foot that you can break? Like I, a nerve? Because <laughs> if you did, it's broke. See, I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> so I think if there was a problem with the Crohn's. But it goes back to me worrying about, like, <laughs> when I was younger and just ignoring it. Yeah. Cuz it's a, it, there's a tough line between being like I can't really go to this doctor. I mean, now it's going to be easier cuz I have my card. Before it was me like just telling my doctor, uh, how do you treat it? I use weed. And he's like, "Man, don't tell me that." Like, dude, like don't talk about that. And I'm like, "Yeah, but that's how I treat it." Right. And it was interesting one of the last times I went there. It has been like a year since I've seen him, but that was much better than before. Um, you look really good now, and I feel like you've put on a lot of weight, too. Yeah, I mean, I always have a hard time putting weight on because my body just doesn't digest things well because of the Crohn's and because I'm missing a foot of intestine. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a big deal. You yeah, can't lose a lot. You can't lose too many feet before it's, like, not able to do anything at all. So... We were so scared you'd have There's a little pouch. guilt. Ah, I don't talk about the pouch. So you just like talking about this gives me like a little bit of pit of an anxiety. Yeah, like, ah. You look stressed. <laughs> shaking a little bit. I got like the cold shakes even though it's like warm in the house. <laughs> so I don't even like to talk about it, like to bring it upon. This is a very honest conversation. But if anybody could get anything from this, it's maybe if you feel 100 like you milligrams have, of distillate. Uh, if you have stomach cannabis. problems, perhaps cannabis could help. I mean, I always wonder, like, I don't like to be a dick and say, like, have you tried this? Because for all I know, like, they've tried it and it didn't work for them. 
because like some people just don't like it. I mean, I also just happen to enjoy smoking weed. I enjoy it for other things like the the looking inwards and making myself a better person and making movies and food taste better. But it also just happens to be the thing that is saving my life. So it's just awesome all around. Tell me about your love of Krishna Das. Sounds weird when you say it like that. <laughs> I love how much you love Krishna Das. I enjoy listening to his music and his and his teachings. I find it very calming. It's really helped me with my anger issues. Uh-huh. I mean it also makes me look like the bearded weirdo singing chanting weird words, so I also keep that into consideration when I'm in suburbia. Mm. It's okay. It's cool to be different. Yeah, it's fine. I like it. There's a good chance that our neighbors are Buddhist, so they would understand. Yeah. But, I don't know, I keep that part secret. I don't know, that's the, uh... Why do you feel like you need to keep it a secret? It's that thing about, man, if you tell people, especially, like, where you live. Because you always had to, because that's where you would keep your, your weed your medicine it'd be at your house so you always like around your house had to put that look on of hi i'm just a normal person like out at like you know at the store you could like talk to some person a random person and be like hey man like cannabis this or that or you know you could listen to like bob marley but like in my house i would be like oh i'm gonna listen to some country music so i could fit in and look normal Mm -hmm. because it was already like hey that guy might look high and you was always afraid of, I grew up with, like, Ronald Reagan and shit. And, like, telling your neighbor, like, your neighbors are bad if they're smoking weed. I think that's another uh, decade. It's like telling your neighbors for something, but I don't know that stuff. Neil McCarthy? No. It's from that 70s show. I was watching <laughs> that yesterday. So... Yeah, edit that part. <laughs> so what else do you want to talk about? It's your podcast. Okay. How do you feel like you use creativity in your life? Do we finish thinking about Crohn's? So definitely Crohn's, cannabis, and diet, and staying calm. Try those things first. Before Before you go on some drug that has side effects of death. Humira gave my uncle lymphoma. Like, everybody knows that. Like, he went on Humira for Crohn's, and then he got lymphoma. And they were like, oh, you got this. Well, you know, we're not going to say it. Well, actually, I think they can because, like, part of taking the drug and signing up for that type of thing, you're like, I'm not going to sue because they told me this is a possibility. I mean, on the commercial for Humera, the side effect was death. Like, it wasn't... Side effects are, you know, heart... One of the side effects was heart failure. You know, it was like heart failure, certain types of cancer, including lymphoma. Um, Liver failure. And then it just said death. I was like, wait a second. I'm sorry. What? Just death? Just unknown? 
like at any point like that uh, walking just spontaneous and then Humera, once you get on it you oh can't it gets get me so worked it, up right yeah once you start it like you can't stop it because if you stop it and go back on it your body like creates antibodies to it so it doesn't work right the second time and it's a shot and it's like i'm pretty sure it's like killing your immune system which i don't want to do i just want to tell it to chill the fuck out and that's what cannabis does it's an anti-inflammatory it's just like hey man chill out you, this isn't <laughs> is that star wars reference these aren't the droids they're looking for mm. like go someplace else and my immune system works fine because I get cuts all the time. And when I was taking those anti-inflammatory drugs, I would get a cut and it would last for like a week and a half. And every single one would get infected. Yeah, it would. I remember that. And you're getting it all over your legs, all over your body. Yeah, anywhere. Like, yeah, if I popped a pimple, the pimple would get infected. Yeah. Because those drugs are just like killing your immune system. Yeah, and then you're so uncomfortable. And it's not telling it not to go to this part of your body. It's just saying all immune system stop. So the immune system, what it can do is still going to Crohn's. It's still going over there. It's just ignoring other shit. What have you learned from your Crohn's? <sighs> um, learn from my Crohn's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what has, this, what has this disease taught you? Um, I don't know, just the fact that I I can try to do everything right, and I do. I think that's made me a little bit compulsive of trying to do things right ever since. Like, if I, like, go in the kitchen and eat a candy bar, but we're talking, like, dark chocolate, four ingredients of, like, cocoa like coconut sugar and like vanilla the whole candy bar like 18 grams of sugar i'll eat like a third of it and be like oh i ate too much oh i'm too gluttonous because i'm just afraid of triggering that thing in me because i have no control over it and i'd like to say that that makes me live day by day but it definitely doesn't because i worry about the future not too much, but I mean, definitely a lot. <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I think it's taught you a lot of self-control. I mean, I've had to. There's yeah. no, that outcome, I mean, I could, it, it, it's, it sounds cliche to be like, oh, I was close to death. But I mean, I was, so it's easier to now say like oh i can't eat that and now you drink a green smoothie every morning yeah and that keeps you feeling really good and they were telling you before like don't eat any green vegetables oh the last time i was in yeah that's what i was saying the last time i was in the doctor's office i was looking at the charts on the wall just laughing at myself laughing at my laughing to myself about it Cause it was like things you should do and it was like eat lots of whole grain breads and brown rices and bananas and oh shit like 
was it? The low FODMAP. Yeah, the low FODMAP. All that shit that if I eat that, oh my God, I sit there and it just sits in my belly like, hey man, we're just going to hang out here for a couple days. Good luck sleeping tonight. Because I get back pains every single night ever since I was 10 years old between the hours of 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock because of my Crohn's. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know. It might have something to do with the fact I eat dinner. No, because I eat dinner later now. Maybe I, because I eat lunch. No, I eat lunch at different times. I don't know. Between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock every night since I was a kid, my back hurts a lot and I can't sleep. I can't sit still, and the only thing that helps is edible cannabis. Like, smoking cannabis helps a little bit. Even the edible cannabis now is still, like... So, about what is your dosing? Um, if you want to share. Uh, daily, probably 75 to 100 milligrams a night of RSO or distillate. Of THC. Of THC, and yes. And then it seems like the CBD really helps with, like, stress, which helps with inflammation. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, there's more stuff. I just read something the other day. I didn't read the whole study. I just read the uh, first couple lines about 66% of people in... It was a low-person uh, study. It was not a lot of people, so, you know, it's not like this is the definition of the cure. It just means this is a reason to do a bigger study and get more funding. Was um, 66% of people got remission from a low THC, high CBD, I think it was tincture in coconut oil. They didn't. I didn't read the whole article, so I didn't see how many times a day it was or frequency or how much it was. But it said the oil was like a 20 milligram oil with like a 5 milligram THC. So 20 milligrams CBD, 5 milligrams THC. And we used to like never be able to really go out because... Oh, I had to go to the bathroom every... When I was sick? Yeah. Every 45 minutes. Oh, well, yeah. Those years, the bad years. It was like every two, three hours. And then it would be so hard we couldn't for go us, anywhere. Yeah, it would be hard for us to like go and like do like a day thing with our friends. We would have to drive to some place that had a bathroom. Yeah, it's like you're planning your life around bathrooms. And because I'm a hypochondriac, it had to be a clean bathroom. <laughs> yeah, which was stressful. Yeah. So it's so. But wonderful. Anna stuck with me, dude. I did. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you're a keeper, Bob Ernie. Which was amazing. But anyways. Yeah, I feel so lucky that you got better. Mm -hmm. And you're thriving. Like, you look great. You rock climb now. I mean, that's why I get anxiety about talking about it. Because I'm like, wait a second. Like, like, this thing that I've been hiding since I was, like, fucking 14 years old. Being like, I don't know why it makes me feel better. I Someone told me once... It just, it makes you forget that the pain's there, you dumb pothead. And I was like, all right, that doesn't make any sense because I don't think you can forget about pain because stupid people wouldn't be in pain. But, I mean, it just didn't make sense. So I knew some a long time ago it just worked. I just didn't know how. Yeah, and so let's talk about the, cannab- um, the cannabinoid system. 
I mean, I don't know anything about it. I just know that you have an endocannabinoid system in you that regulates like your entire body, like your digestive tract, your nervous just, system. Your nervous system. It just basically keeps homo- homeostasis in your body. And if you're already at homeostasis normally, then you, you really wouldn't need it. Yeah, it's not those essential. Are the, those are the people who are like, ah, I don't like weed. It's not my thing. I'm perfectly healthy and I just function every day eating the normal American diet. But for whatever reason, ever since I was a kid, I couldn't eat the normal American diet. It was just killing me. And cannabis brings your body to a level of balance. I think it Yeah, I think it helps it get there. Yeah. With, like, everything. Mood, sleep, digestion. And that's why, I like, I see people who are going through Crohn's problems. And I'm like, ugh. And it gives me, like, anxiety, like... That could happen at any time. Like, is this... And maybe that's why I do get freaked out when you pointed out earlier when you're like, it's just gas. Because I'm like, oh no, it's swollen. Like, is it going to go away or is it just going to keep getting more swollen? Like, is this the time? Am I going to have to go on these medicines? Like, part of it is, am I wrong? Because, you know me, I don't like to be wrong. But also, I just don't want to take those medicines because I remember going to those doctors. And that isn't a fun existence. No. You're just in and out, and the, you try and it's make really it fun. Hard. Like, waving hi to the people. Like, I waved hi to the pharmacist the other day. Yeah. Who, she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, not well. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, look at my medicine. And she's like, oh, shit, are you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you mean back in the day. Yeah. yeah, back in the day. Now I just waved at her the other day, and she, like, looked at me, and it took her a second. And then she was like, oh, hi. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, hey, I haven't talked to you in like three years. It's so yeah, amazing. So ever that... since like 2014, like I stopped taking the drugs from the doctor, the mecaptopurine and the antibiotics. And we gave it six months. I went back to the doctor and I was like, how do I look? And he was like, I mean, you look fine. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I gave it like another year and I went back and I was like, how do I look? And he's like. I mean, you look fine. And I was like, I mean, I'm putting on muscle mass. I look well. Like, look. He would do this, like, tap test on my stomach. I don't know what he was... I think he was listening for, like, the sound to see if it sounded hollow or if it sounded, like, thick and inflamed. And he would always do it, and he would be like, unclench your muscles. And I'd be like, I can't. It hurts if you touch there. Like, to this day, I'm very sensitive, even to Anna, like, touching my belly. Because, I mean, so many years. It's only been, like, the last four years. It's trauma. Yeah, and even, like, the last, like, two or three. Because even after that, there was the surgery. And that was fucking, that was a long rehab. That was a long, I mean, they were cutting your... They split me open. Yeah. For, like, six inches. Like, tore my abs in half. Had to rebuild abs. Yeah, but now you're you do rock climbing and you lift your whole body up and like climb up the whole thing like a monkey. Well, that's to help my back because otherwise being a mechanic wasn't going to work without abs. So tell us how much you love being a mechanic. So that's awesome. It's hard work, but it gives you a lot of uh, fulfillment. And I'm not happy because I am such a hypochondriac and I guess you would say crunchy. I hate the fact that I have to work around all those chemicals, but I love doing it. So like they say, even even though I work 50 hours a week, 
plus because you know you got to work through lunch and because you know you have to help the company it's a small company and i like them and they're good to me working nine to five uh eight to six (laughs) (laughs) with lunch that i usually end up eating after i wash my hands now that i wear gloves Uh was that a glass that fell about your cold brew addiction <laughs> i'm like sinking down into the couch here Bobby trying to run trying, ru- trying to run away from my feelings oh this is a podcast about feelings although i will talk to anybody uh, now that i have my card and i'm not afraid of them like kicking my door down and like one taking the medicine from me because i don't want to do that again <sighs> yeah that's really scary they could take yeah. away your health at any moment, but they can't now. So, well, I mean, you know, yeah, as long as they don't like change the rules, because right. it's still illegal at this point. It's still illegal federally, right? Even though they just legalized industrial hemp, which mean hopefully means the prices of hemp clothing, so we can get crunchier, will go down. <laughs> I like my hemp pants; they're soft. I love hemp clothing. But they're so fucking expensive because they have to, like, import the hemp from other places. That'll make this country a lot of money. And make a lot of people happy. They can grow some hemp instead of some corn. Mm-hmm. Healthier. So, what else? This is the first time I've ever seen you at a loss for words. I just don't know what to talk about. You just have to get me, just talk to anybody that I've worked with. I just got to get you going. All right. And also now I'm like, if you were going to have, if you were going to have dinner with someone dead or alive, who Mm. would it be? There's an obvious answer. I'd love to have dinner with my dad. Ask him a couple questions. But what would you ask him? That's private. <laughs> okay. But it would also be fun to have lunch with Jesus. Oh. The big Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ask him some questions. Big J dog. What would you ask? <laughs> Did it really happen? (laughs) Come on, man. Like, can you tell everybody the Jews didn't kill you? (laughs) Got picked on a lot growing up in high school. Or growing up, not in high school by then, but younger. Probably when other kids found out. After going to CCD and me going to Hebrew school. Mm. And probably around the same time they were teaching me in Hebrew school, we didn't do it. They were teaching them. They did it. Mm. They were like, you killed Jesus. And I was like, I didn't kill anybody. I live in Maryland. I'm nowhere near wherever that happened. 
So what is your spiritual beliefs? What do you mean spiritual? I don't know. Like, what do you feel like is happening? What do you relate to spiritually? What rings true in your body when you hear somebody talk about spirituality or the universe or God? Well, it's, I mean, it. when you talk about God, it's hard to say that I don't believe in God because I was raised being Jewish and they're like, yeah, there's a God and you gotta be nice and be good. So, and one of the things you have to be is like, there is a God. So I'm afraid to say there isn't a God, but as I grew up, it was like, wait, I mean, for all the things that they're supposed to be with a God, like, and the things that you're supposed to get rewarded for, for being good, I don't see it, So, but it's hard to say that because I don't want to get in trouble with God if I'm wrong. Hmm. I mean, if it's something that you're, like, taught from such a young age, it's hard to get that, like, out of you. It's just instilled in you. Mm-hmm. Have you, like, experienced anything on your own? <clears throat> like, with God? Yeah. Do you feel like you've had any, like, moments with God in your life? Or moments with spirit? I mean, I don't... I would have to say no. Otherwise, the other first question would have been easier to answer. Hmm. Okay, folks. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> um, have you had any magical moments in your life? Magical? Yeah. I mean, I get deja vu a lot. Like, that's weird. But I just attribute that, or write that up to just being really high a lot. Um, maybe not like that. Like, okay, what are some synchronicities that have been happening in your life? Synchronicities? Yeah. What are you asking about? Why don't you just tell me? No, I'm just trying to get to something like woo-woo related for our listeners. Mm. Oh, the time we were doing acro yoga? Oh, that, yeah, that was cool. I heard that weird voice. Yeah, what was that? Tell us about that. Uh, Anna decided we should try acro yoga to help my back because it, like, flattens your back out. Because I'm, like, under cars all day and I hurt my back and uh, the chiropractor said I just need to get a better core. So Anna thought this would be better, like, straightening my back out. We were have, having trouble doing it and... Of course, we were listening to Christian Das. Um, But (laughs) we were just looking at each other and like kind of off and up to the right. Like, you know how you can hear like your own voice in your head and it has like its own tone and you're like, yeah, that's my voice. 
and of course your voice when I'm going to hear this later it sounds different the voice I hear in my head sounds completely different than you know how I sound on recording but this voice that I heard it was different than a recording voice it was different than the voice in my head it was like just a deep like voice off to the side and it was in my head but it like came off it was like kind of you listen to like really good speakers that have good surround sound and it gives the room depth kind of like gave my skull depth so it came off from like off to the side and it just said don't fight it and it like the way it said it and it was just so calm and like i I listened to it and right when dude we did so good as soon as yeah as soon as we did that like like i calmed down and i got smooth or still and then anna was able to become still and we were able to do it and i just start laughing and then I didn't know why Anna was laughing, but we were both started laughing, and I was like, oh, that was fucking weird. But I don't hear that voice, but I just ever, I hear that remembrance sometimes, like in other parts of my life. Like what? Just, that's that thing about the Crohn's, where it's just like, don't fight it. What am I going to do? And that's helped me a lot being like angry too, especially living in one of the worst traffic areas in the country and everybody's in a hurry with kids in their fucking car yeah cutting me off with minivans and like anna saw it today i got a little bit mad but instead of it ruining my whole day or me like honking it i did honk at her but that was because immediately after she cut me off and put us all in danger and just cut me off to get in front of me from behind me we were at the light, and every two seconds, I'm looking at her in her rearview mirror, and she's looking down at her phone, looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. And I honked at her, and she looked at my rearview mirror, and I pointed, like, hey, look forwards, because we're driving. And she just <laughs> still, which I never do, I just, she was just, it was so dangerous. And it was, it was almost aggressive, like, she was mad at me for doing four miles over the speed limit. Like the speed limit was like thirty five, and I was do or thirty, and I was doing like thirty four or thirty five. Yeah, people in DC are aggressive when they're driving. If you're not everybody's doing, in a rush. If you're not doing five over, then fuck you. The other week, oh my god, I was doing the speed limit, and some dude was like behind me and like flicked me off as he drove past, and he honked at me, and we ended up at the light. I mean, that's the thing—you always end up at the light with the person, and all it does is put everybody in danger. And I don't know if it's because I see cars that get wrecked and I see how much damage it does to a car when it slams into another car at five. People were like, oh, I didn't really hurt that much, did I? I just hit that curb doing five miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, really? This thing is 4,000 pounds of metal traveling at five miles an hour, hitting a stationary object. And that stationary object not moving. It bends metal. It's going to fuck you up. So when you think about a car traveling at 50 miles an hour and hitting another car traveling next to you, coming at you is double, or I don't know the math, it's like quadrupling it if it's coming at you. Like the force, it's insane. And we all just ignore it because we have to, because it's just normal. And we're like, ah, look, there's fucking traffic. Well, was it a fucking accident? And we even joke, oh, I hope someone died so that at least this, at least this traffic is worth it. But you get to the front, and yeah, that's what happened. Because someone wasn't paying attention. It's so dangerous. So, as It a gets mechanic, me so, like, worked up. Because I'm driving all day on, like, road tests for, like, driving. 
and I see people, I have to fix the cars and I'm out driving and I'm paying attention because I got nothing else to fucking do. This is me at work. So I just have to sit at the traffic lights and I see everybody on their phones and I'm guilty of it too. So tell us, Bob, what are some things if our listeners are not so car savvy that they can do when they take their car into a mechanic shop? That can... Talk to the mechanic and see if he can talk to you. Even if his... English, like, I don't speak well, but I don't need to speak well because I'm a mechanic. I just need to be able to get my ideas across to the person. So, it doesn't matter about my grammar. And I'm sorry, Mom. But she knows ever since I was a kid, and it kills my mom because she was an English... Uh, she has, like, a, a master's in English. And it always killed her that I couldn't spell. Still. Oh, I can't spell either. And that my grammar is horrible. She's like, stop using commas if you don't know how to use them. Um, so, I my grammar is not that good. I don't speak well. I'm trying to figure out well and good You're by the time. You're very articulate, though. But I can get the thought across. I'm good at uh, expressing You're an idea. You're a good storyteller. I like telling a story. I like You're a Gemini. Out. He's excellent at communication. I don't know what he's talking about. But I don't speak grammatically well. Yeah. I don't. Correct. Grammatically correct. See, I don't even know the correct words to use. But when it comes to cars, I can figure that shit out. But just talk to the mechanic. And if you can talk to them and they seem like they're honest, then just use do your that. intuitive yeah. gut feeling. Yeah. And take your car in. It's like going to the doctor. Go like once a year and just have your oil changed. And if you have to, like going to Jiffy Lube, just get your oil changed. And that's why when you do take your car into the mechanic, it's like, oh my God, it's like $4,000. Well, yeah, because it's like not going to the doctor for five years. And then you go and they're like, oh, hey, you know why your arm was making that weird noise? It's like me with the Crohn's. Right. And then you could have made Which I'm not good at going to the doctor. Ugh. Yeah, don't... Uh... But that's the thing. If your car is not making a weird noise, you can just go to Jiffy Lube. But just go get a checkup. I need to go get a checkup. But I would have my other doctor. It's been like a year since I had a checkup. So it's not crazy overdue. And I was getting my blood work done. We're talking body mechanics and car mechanics here on Brine Love Radio. It's all the THC. It makes me like start getting nervous. Like, oh man, when is the last time I went? Guys, are you feeling anxious? Are you picking up on this energy? (sighs) Make sure if you get a distillate, you go with an indica. Because the worst case is you just fall asleep. Rather than if you try a sativa and you don't like edibles. And then all of a sudden you're having a panic attack for eight hours. So what? And that's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something, perhaps. Hope you made it all the way to the end. If you did, we thank you. Maybe give this a rating and review if you liked it. And that's it. You can connect with me on Instagram at Blind Love Tarot. You can buy, you can find Barberini. No, he's shaking his head. <laughs> he wants his privacy. This is it. Hope you liked it. Bye.